Very good. Okay. What is the first article of the creed? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all my members, my senses, and still yes, he also gives me he also gives me mm -hmm. Yep. Yes, he richly and daily all that I need to he defends me against all backwards that's backwards he defends me against all danger and guards and yes all this he does only out of mercy yes without any correct for all of this it is my duty to Thank and, now let's do this again, for all of this, it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and, yes, this is most certainly true. Okay, again, for all this, it is my duty to, correct, Serve and obey him. Mm -hmm. This is certainly true. Yeah, this is most certainly true. It's certainly true and then some. Most certainly true. Okay, very good. Keep working on that. And for next week, the catechism is the second article of the creed. Just the article, which is in your catechism book. Just this bit that is in bold. Okay? And the second article is what we have been doing in Bible class. If you're there for the opening, that's all about who? Uh, Father. Pardon me? Like, does it start our Father? No, that's the Lord's Prayer, Heath. No. The second article of the Creed. The first article is about who? Um, the, the Father. Mm -hmm. The second article <laughs> is about... And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Virgin Mary, or conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and was buried, descended into hell, third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. Who's that about? Jesus, or the... Who in the Holy Trinity? Son. The Son, yes. Article 1 is about the Father. Article 2 is all about the Son. Article 3 is about the Spirit, yes. Okay, so learn the article, just the article, just the word of the creed, which shouldn't be hard because you all already know that creed. 
Okay, term quiz. Here is your clue. This is the theme of the term quiz today. We don't always have themes, but today we do. The theme is sin. Sin, okay. Number one. The desire to make oneself great. To aspire to a higher calling than what one has. And to make a god of the self. I'm going to move this microphone. Okay, again, the desire to make oneself great, to aspire to a higher calling than what one has, and to make a god of the self. Number two. The twin cities of sin, which the Lord finally destroyed because of the people's wickedness and unbelief. You have to get both of the cities, the twin cities of sin. Number three, the desert region between Elim and Mount Sinai, through which the Israelites traveled during their period of wandering. It was in... Yeah, when I finish it, I'll say it again. It was in this region that the Lord provided manna after hearing the complaints of the camp of Israel. This is the desert region between Elim and Mount Sinai. The Israelites traveled through this place for <clears throat> 40 years. And this is the place where the Lord provided manna. Number four, the man who led a rebellion against Moses with 250 co-conspirators and who was swallowed up by the earth as punishment. The one man who led the rebellion against Moses. And lastly, number five, the sinful condition or nature that is a part of every human being since Adam. It is passed on from a father to his children at the time of conception. Because of this condition, we are all sinners and enemies of God, spiritually dead and without the free will to choose between right and wrong. It is a condition. Okay, do you need me to read any of those again? Can you read the first one again? Can I read the first one again? I can. The desire to make oneself great 
to aspire to a higher calling than what one has, and to make a god out of the self. I'll give you this hint about this one. It is the, it is the chief sin. Any others? Going once, going twice. Okay. Heath, number one. Uh, I did not get that one. Seth. Pride. Pride. The chief sin is pride. Pride is thinking that you are greater than you are and aspiring to be something that you are not, like the devil aspiring to be like God and Adam and Eve aspiring to be gods themselves. Okay? Every sin is a sin of pride because in every sin you make a god of yourself. Okay, Anna, number two. Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah, correct. Those are the twin cities of sin. Heath, number three. Um, okay, um, oh, yeah, I did not have that one. Okay, Seth. Anna. Um, the desert of sin. I will accept that. That is close enough for me. It is the wilderness of sin, but the desert of sin I will take. Yeah, the wilderness of sin. The clue, the, the whole theme of the term quiz is, this, is sin. The wilderness of sin. Okay, Heath, number four. David? Not David. He didn't, he didn't lead a rebellion. What, Seth? Korah. Korah. Yeah. K-O-R-A-H. Korah was the man, the instigator. Korah is the instigator of the rebellion. And what happens to Korah and his followers? Yeah, they get swallowed up. Yes, and the earth opens its mouth and swallows them and then closes back up. And then the rest of the people, what happens to them? Yeah, fire from where? From, well, yes, but from which place? From what place? It is the Holy Spirit, but what place does the fire come from? What kind of fire is it? Holy fire. Holy fire, yes, correct, good. And where does holy fire live? Everywhere. Not everywhere. In the church. Okay, yes, in the church, but think about the Old Testament Israelites in the wilderness. They didn't have the church, they had the... Yes, and where was the altar? Inside the tabernacle. the tabernacle, yes. Holy fire came from the tabernacle. And if you want to get really specific, there's one special place in the tabernacle called the Holy of Holies. Yeah. Okay, that was number four. Number five, Anna. Original sin. Original sin, yes. Sin is rebellion against God. Original sin is the condition. It's like having a disease or a sickness. That is your condition. And the symptoms of your condition are that you sin. Sin is the fruit of original sin, and all sin is pride. Okay. Anna. Four out of five, sorry. Four? Okay. 
Heath? Okay, Seth? Okay. The term quiz is still anyone's game. But the people in the lead are getting further in the lead. All right, now we'll turn to Numbers chapter 21. We kind of have to rush through this. 21? Yes, Numbers chapter 21, beginning at verse 21. Numbers is part of which group of books? Uh, the, Pentateuch. the Pentateuch, also known as the... Torah. The Torah, also known as the... Uh, what's it called? Named after the guy who wrote them all. You're in the wrong testament, bud. New Old Testament, way, 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 way back. Yes. The books of Moses. The books of Moses. Yeah, Moses wrote the first five books. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Numbers 21, verse 21. I'll start, we'll go clockwise. So from me to you, Anna. Then Israel sent messengers to Sihon, king of the Amorites, saying, Let me pass through your land. We will not turn aside into fields or vineyards. We will not drink water from wells. We will go by the king's highway until we have passed through your Mm -hmm. But Sihon, Sihon will not allow Israel to pass through his territory. Mm -hmm. He gathered all his people together and went out against Israel to the wilderness, who came to Jahaz, and fought against Israel. Yeah, so how does King Sihon respond to Israel's request? First, what is Israel's request? What do they ask, Seth? Yeah, they just want to pass through the country on this one big road. They said, we'll not drink your water, we'll not eat your food or drink your wine. We just want to get through. We're trying to get over there. We just need to go through. How did the king respond, Anna? By fighting with them. Okay, well, yes, he, so he sent his army out. He said, like fun, you're going to come through my land. I'll send my armies to tell you what's what. Okay, verse 24. And Israel defeated him with the edge of the sword and took possession of his land from the Arnon and Arnon, that was right, Arnon, yeah. To the, the Jabbok. Jabbok, as far as the Ammonites. For the border of the Ammonites was strong. Mm -hmm. So Israel took all these cities, and Israel dwelt in all the cities of the Amorites, in Heshbon and in all its villages. Okay, so what is the result of that war? Israel won. Yes, Israel defeated them. And what does it, what does it say, how, how did they defeat them? That's in verse 24. With the edge of the sword. Yes, what does that mean, that they defeated them with the edge of the sword? They do it with swords. Well, sure, but what does it mean, Anna? Nope. Did they like win them? And then... They were, it means they were good fighters. 
They, they had the edge of the sword. We were good fighters. We cut them up. So they, uh, they were victorious in a battle with the edge of the sword. Sometimes, uh, sometimes it talks about their swords being almost like people, too, because their swords hunger or thirst, or when they go out against other people, their swords swallow up the blood, which just means that they kill a lot of people. Okay, so they're victorious by the edge of the sword, they win the war, they kill all of the people, and then they take over their land. Uh, now, we're going to jump ahead to verse 31. And that is you, Anna. I just read, I just finished it up. Verse 31. Um, Beth Israel dwelt in the land of Amorites. Mm -hmm. Then Moses, wait a second. Yep, that's the next one. And Moses sent to spy out Jazer, mm -hmm. and then captured its soldiers, and disposed the Amorites who were there. Mm -hmm. Then they turned and went up to the Bashan, and and the. And Og, the king of... The yeah, how'd you like for your name to be Og? <laughs> king Og. Yeah, okay, King Og of Bashan. Not this. Um, and Og, the king of Bashan, came out against them. He and all his people to battle at Edrei. 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 Mm -hmm. Then the Lord said to Moses, Do not fear him. For I have delivered him into your hand with all his people and his land, and you shall do to him as you did to Sihon, king of the Amorites, who dwelt at Heshbon. What did the Lord tell Moses about King Og of Bashan? Seth. Do not fear him. Yes, he told him not to fear him. Why he th is Moses not supposed to fear that king? Because uh, Jesus gave... Moses that staff, and then whenever he rises up. Okay, well, what does it mean that Moses has the staff? Um, who is, does, is it Moses who... No, it's God. Yeah, so he's not supposed to fear because who is with them? God. Yes, and God has done what? Uh, gave him, like... Not, I don't want to say gave him a power, but like... Not given him a power, but he has given him a... Word. A word of, um, pardon me? God. Yes, it's a word of God. What word of God? He's, God has spoken a word of, yes, something he doesn't break. Promise. Promise. Promise, yes. It's always about the promise. So when the Lord makes promises, the Lord keeps promises. The big themes of the Old Testament are this. If you sin, you die. And the Lord keeps his promises. So uh, Moses is not to be afraid of King Og, even though King Og of Bashan looks pretty powerful, uh, because the Lord has promised that victory already belongs to the Israelites. The battle hasn't even been fought, and the Lord says, Oh, you're already victorious. I've given him over to your hand. So, verse 35. So they defeated him. He 
his son and all his people until there were no survivors left him and they took possession of his land. Yes, so they're victorious. And again, why are they victorious? Because they have very good fighting skills. No. God gave them, God gave them the land. Yes, God gave them the victory. They're victorious because of the promise of the Lord. See, the, they, maybe, they maybe do have good fighters, and they defeated Sihon by the, by the mouth of the sword, by the edge of the sword. They have good fighters. They know how to use their weapons. But salvation, the salvation of Israel does not lie with the people of Israel. It is not their job to go out and fight for and win salvation because the Lord wins it for them. That's the, that's the big thing to remember. That is the key. The Lord wins salvation for them and grants it to them. So, verse 20, or chapter 22 now. Then the people of Israel set out and camped in the plains of Moab mm -hmm. beyond the Jordan at Jericho. And Balak, Balak. Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. Yes. And Moab was exceedingly afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was sick with dread because of the people of Israel. Why is Moab afraid of Israel? Heath. Because there were a lot of people. There were a lot of people, yes, but what did all those people do? Yes, Seth. They had lots of weapons. Okay, they had lots of weapons, but what had they just done, Anna? Defeated two, like, kingdoms. Yeah, defeated and took over two really big kingdoms, and now here they are. They've gone from here, and then they've gone from here, and now they're right here, and this neighbor knows what happened to all his other neighbors. And it wasn't so good. So when he sees the people of Israel coming, he is afraid. Okay. Uh, so, verse 4. So, Mo Moab. So, Moab said to the elders of Midian. Mm -hmm. Midian. Midian. Yeah, how much of the grass does the ox leave there? None. None of it. When the hungry ox comes, any grass that he sees, he licks up. It's gone and he eats it. They're afraid that's what Israel is going to do. They killed the Amorites. They killed all the people of Bashan. And now they're here in Moab. And what do the Moabites know about uh, the Lord? Yes, that he's with Israel. Israel is victorious because the Lord is with them. And if the Lord is on your side, you're probably going to win. Yeah, no probably about it. You will. Do you have an enemy to worry about if the Lord is the one fighting for you? No. no. So if you are the person that is the enemy, you're, it's, in trouble. you're in trouble. Yes, you're right. It's a pretty scary thing. Okay? Uh, so continue. And Balak. And Balak, the son of Zippor, 
the Moabites. Moabites at the time. Mm -hmm. Can you think of a famous person from Moab? Oh, it's a woman, a Moabitess. Yes. Wasn't she the one that like did the red thing at the window? No, but that's a really good thought. That's Rahab. She's from Jericho, so it's the same kind of area. But she's not the one I'm thinking of, the Moabitess. She's in the lineage of David. She's King David's grandmother or great-grandmother. A really old person. Really old. Yeah. Uh, Ruth? Yes. Ruth. Oh, yeah. yeah, Ruth is the Moabitess. Good, good, good. Okay, verse 5. Sent messengers to Balaam, Balaam. Balaam, the son of Nahor at Pethor, which is near the river in the land of the people of Amha, to call him, saying, Behold, a people has come out of Egypt. They cover the face of the earth, and they are dwelling opposite to me. I mean, mm -hmm. come now, curse his people for me, since they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them from the land. For I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. Yeah, okay. What does the king do? He just sort he just gives up because he knows that the Lord is with them. And yes. whenever that whenever somebody's cursed, they are cursed. And whenever they are um, blessed Blessed they are blessed. Okay, yes. He kind of gives up, but one of the things he does is he calls for... Help? Yes, from whom? Is it the other city? Uh, Balaam. Balaam. Yeah, he calls to help. He calls for Balaam to help, and he says, Of Balaam, he who you bless is blessed, and he who you curse is cursed. Now, what does that sound like? Yes, it sounds like the promise of the Lord to Abraham. So who is that? Who is that promise of God directed toward? The children of Israel. But now this guy says that he he has the power to curse and to bless. So who is Balaam? Why does Balak the king go to Balaam? Why does he ask him to curse? Do you have a guess? Balaam is uh, a prophet, but he's what, would, what we would call a mercenary prophet. Do you know what a mercenary is, Anna? One that doesn't really follow Christ. Uh, no, not exactly. A mercenary is a soldier who doesn't fight because he's loyal to anybody. He fights for money. So whoever pays him the most money, that's who he fights for. And Balaam is a mercenary prophet. So he is somebody who preaches blessings or curses for money. So the king wants to pay him money so that he can go out and curse the children of Israel. And, it, and uh, he, as, he ascribes power.
power to Balaam that only God has. Whoever you bless is blessed, and whoever you curse is cursed. So, verse 7. Heath. Oh, sorry. Um, okay, so the elders of Moab uh, and the elders of Midian departed with the peace for divination. For divination, divination, yeah. In their hands. What is divination, do you know? Kind of a, it's a kind of sorcery. So that's his fee. They're paying him. They're bringing him the money so that he does his sorcery and puts a curse on Israel. Okay. Uh, with fees for divination in their hand. And they came to Bo Balaam. Balaam. And gave him Balak's message. Balak message. Yeah. Yeah, And he said to them, Lodge here tonight, and I will bring back word to you as the Lord speaks to me. So the princes of Moab stayed with Balaam. Then God came to Balaam mm -hmm. and said, Who are these men with you? Oh, and Balaam said to God, Balak, the son of Zippor, King of Moab has sent me, sent to me, saying, "Behold, the people has come out of Egypt, and it covers the face of the earth. Now come, curse against for me. Perhaps I shall be able to fight against them and drive them out." And God said to Balaam, "You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed." What does the Lord say to Balaam? You shall not go with him. Yeah, he commands him not to go. Why? Because um, you can't curse them because they're blessed. Yeah, he says you can't curse them. Don't go with these people. You can't curse these people. These are my people. The Israelites are my people. You can't put a curse on them because I've already blessed them. Yes, good. So the Lord is already acting here according to his promise. Because he blesses those who bless Israel and he curses those who curse Israel because Israel is blessed. So, verse 13. I think that's you, Anna. Sorry. That's all right. Balaam, Balaam. Balaam rose in the morning and said to the princess, princess of yep. Balak. Go back to your land, for the Lord has refused to give me permission to go with you. Mm -hmm. So the princes of Moab rose and went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Once again, Balak, Balak mm -hmm. sent princes. Princess, more in number and more honorable than this. Yeah, he sends better guys. Oh, the first guys must not have been good enough. If I send better guys, then he'll listen and he'll go with me. Okay, we're going to need to jump ahead just a little bit because we're running out of time. So here's what happens. They send more guys to Balaam, better guys, and they give him the same message and he tells them, 
Even if the king were to give me an entire house that's made of gold, I won't go with you because the Lord has told me I'm not allowed to curse his people. Uh, but then he changes his mind and in the morning he gets up and he goes with them anyway. Now verse 22. Then God's anger was aroused because he went. And the angel of the Lord, who's the angel of the Lord? Yes, it's Christ. The, if it says the angel of the Lord, it's talking about Christ. If it says an angel of the Lord, then it's one of many angels. But this is the angel. There's only one of them. It is Christ. And when Christ comes, when there is anger aroused, when the angel of the Lord is sent in anger, uh, it is judgment. Is that good or bad? Yeah, no, uh, that's not good, Heath. That is very bad. If the Lord comes in judgment against you, you are going to get... You're, you're in trouble. Okay? Uh, yes, the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. And he was riding on his donkey and his two servants were with him. So what does the angel of the Lord do? As, as he's on his donkey and going, what does the angel of the Lord do? Uh, yes. He goes to uh, Balaam and uh, he goes to Balaam since he disobeyed God. Yeah, he goes to Balaam, but what does he do? It's right there in verse 22. And the angel of the Lord took his stand yeah. in the way. Yeah, as an adversary. What does that mean? What's an adversary? What is an adversary? If I'm going out against my adversaries, what does that mean? Your enemies? Yes, your enemies. So he looks at Balaam as an enemy and he takes his stand on the way. What does that mean? That means he like, like he's in basically in charge. Okay, he is in charge, but taking the stand. If I'm going to go, if I, if you're walking on a path and I take my stand on the path, what am I doing? Like stopping. I'm stopping you. Yes, I am guarding the path. I am standing there so that you cannot go. Verse twenty-three. Balaam. The donkey to turn her back into the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah, why did the donkey turn aside? Because uh, the Balaam struck. No, not because he struck her. The angel of the Lord was standing there. The angel of the Lord was standing there with his sword, a big flaming sword. Like in the Garden of Eden. Remember when Adam and Eve get kicked out and there's the angel with the flaming sword? It's just like that. Doesn't that happen to um, like Saul slash Paul? No, he, goes, he encounters Christ and loses his sight. Yeah, but didn't his donkey like act up? He like saw 
Uh, I don't recall that he did, perhaps. But in this particular case, the donkey knows who, he's look, or who she's looking at and does not want any part of that. But Balaam, does Balaam see? No. So he gets mad and strikes his donkey. Verse 25. Wait. It's 24. 24, yes. Then the angel of the Lord stirs in a narrow path between the vineyard with the wall on either side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed against the wall and pressed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Mm -hmm. Then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn, either to the right hand or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under... Balaam. Balaam. And Balaam's anger was aroused. Mm -hmm. Aroused. Aroused. And he struck the donkey with his staff. Yes. How many times did the angel of the Lord block his path? Three. Correct. Three. And the first time the donkey goes off the path, and the second time the donkey tries to stop by, or tries to get off the path by going into the wall, and she crushes. Balaam's foot against the wall. And the third time, what does she do? Uh, she, had, she gets underneath Balaam. Yeah, she just lies down. Why does she do that? Uh, yes. Because um, the angel was blocking both ways. Yeah, there is nowhere to go. She, the, the way was too narrow. She couldn't turn off the path, so she just stopped. Uh, then the angel of the Lord went, oh, excuse me. Then the Lord opened, no, is this you, Heath? Uh, yeah. 28, yeah, I'm sorry, I've then, taken your verse. That's fine. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she says to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me this three times? Yeah, so what happens the third time that he strikes the donkey? With his staff. Um, the, Lord, uh, the Lord makes a donkey sit. Yes, the Lord makes the donkey talk. And Balaam said to the donkey, because you have abused me. That's kind of rich, isn't it? The guy who's beating on his donkey says, I'm beating you because you abused me. I wish there were a sword in my hand, for now I would kill you. Donkey said? No, that's what Balaam says to his donkey. If I had a sword, I would kill you because you stopped me from going. Verse 30. So, I thought that was you. I just finished a verse. Uh, actually, I'm going to finish this up because we're out of time. Uh, so the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said, no. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, and he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. What is that a sign of? Like, um, yeah? Like, um, like he's scared. So he's scared? Okay, yes, we have a word for that. He fears, yeah, and it's a, the, the kind of fear that brings about 
repentance. It's a sign of reverence to bow down like that. Humility and reverence and repentance. Uh, then the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to stand against you, because your way is perverse before me. So he's saying that I told you not to go curse my people, and you decided you were going to do it anyway. And now, because you were going to curse them, I have to curse you with wrath. That's my promise to Israel. But... Uh, the donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely I would have also killed you by now and let her live. And Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. See, there's repentance. I have sinned, for I did not know you stood in the way against me. Now, therefore, if it displeases you, I will turn back. Then the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men. But only the word that I speak to you, that you shall speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. Okay. Uh, the angel of the Lord is Christ. That's also one of your terms. Okay. So let's look at these terms quickly here. For next time, these are the things to learn. You need to learn. Balak who is the king of Moab, Balaam, the mercenary prophet, the angel of the Lord, the Jordan River, Moab, and the term prophets. Okay, those six terms. And which article of the creed? And the second article, correct. Okay, very good.